Welcome to a hilarious and informative show hosted by Mitch Adams of Wrestle Royalty. The worlds of comic book related media and pro wrestling intersect in various ways. Both tell stories, while everyone involved wears tight, colorful outfits that would make circus performers blush. Ladies and gentlemen, WrestleRoyalty.com and Harley Quinn Memes on Facebook proudly present Storytelling in Spandex. Hello everybody and welcome to Storytelling in Spandex. I'm of course your host, Mitch Adams, and I'm writing solo today. And the reason why I'm writing solo is maybe a bit of a tradition of sorts. Last year, uh, I had a guest lined up for DC Fandome uh, recap. They had to drop out, so I wound up doing it all solo. And it became probably one of the best episodes we've ever done to date. So, doing it again. <laughs> DC Fandom Part Dose, second part of DC Fandom this year. It was a, absolutely amazing. It was a bit shorter, four hours, and a bit dry in some areas, I'm not going to lie, but still a great deal of fun. And of course, as always, some pro wrestling crossover, which we'll dig, you know, dig straight into. You know, without further ado, let's just get straight stuck, straight stuck into it. I've got a huge list of things here to talk about, to recap, to share my thoughts on it, and I sincerely hope you won't be disappointed. And we're just going to start straight off with, of course, the Black Adam teaser. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, he was born to play this role, I think. Uh, from the minute we only really got like a one-minute teaser. Not much, but from everything we saw, just immaculate. The suit looks great. He has the stare down, down pat. Um, and, and it was a very interesting trial. It certainly looks like they're going to go into the um, villainous aspect of the character uh, before, you know, obviously if you're familiar with the comics, he's introduced as a villain in Shazam before eventually becoming an anti-hero, but it looks like they're going to be leaning into the villainous aspect of the character. Um, that shot where uh, let's just let's just dive into the actual meat and potatoes of the taser. Uh, mi- a military unit, probably South American, I'm guessing, into this cave. They see the lightning bolt on the ground. It's obviously a temple. Um, they believe it was the Temple of Shazam from the Shazam film. So they said Shazam to activate it, but they didn't get Shazam. They got Black Adam, and Black and Rock was there in like a kneeling pose with his head down, with his hood up hoodie up and you know slowly one of the military people walked up to him and the rock just grabbed him by the neck lifted him up in the air and the bloke literally disintegrated in his hands which was a badass image i must say and then all of course all hell breaks loose gunfire he catches bullets because he's probably been been asleep for about three thousand years don't know what a bullet is so took a look at it and says meh chucks it away and just slaughtered everybody in the temple before flying out So that was, it was very much the emphasis on tease of teaser, but from what we saw, I think we're going to really be enjoying uh, Black Adam when when it does come out in uh, 2022, I believe, July of 2022. So a bit of a wait, but you know what? A lot of these things are a bit of a wait and we've waited for all these things long enough with the pandemic. We can wait a little bit longer. Things are starting to open up finally. So, you know, which reminds me, people get vaccinated. But, you know, the second one I wanted to uh, talk to you guys about 
was uh, The Flash, the TV uh, version of The Flash, because there are lots of rumours that, you know, that sadly that uh, series will end after this season. We didn't get any confirmation of that in here, uh, which surprised me, but I get the sneaking suspicion before uh, the premiere on November... I'm, I'm blanking on the date, guys, but I know it's in November with the big Armageddon crossover event where we see a bunch of Arrowverse characters, past and present, will make appearances on the show. We have uh, Black Lightning will be on there. Batwoman will be on there. Uh, the new version, not the OG version, which I'll go into that later. Uh, Oliver Queen's daughter, the grown-up Oliver Queen's daughter from uh, uh, Arrow, still upset they never did a Green Arrow and the Canaries spin-off, that uh, backdoor pilot. I wish they had made that brought that to series um, and there's going to be up lots of other characters. We got a first look at Destro, the main villain in the, in the piece uh, a few days ago. He looked pretty cool. If you ask me and uh, you know, the flash, it was a bit of a retrospective on the flash TV series and, you know, and finally Grant Gustin, the star got his wish. The flash has gold boots in the TV series. So, you know, a bit, bit of a wink and nod, nod and nudge, nudge to the comics. I really liked that they had, uh, also, just a sidebar, they had Candace Patton, the uh, actress who plays Iris West in the Flash TV series, uh, do, like, news flashes in the middle east between uh, the entire event, uh, setting up, you know, the next panels, next trailers. It was, it was, it was, it was a cool addition. It, it kind of held everything in place. It, it had a running theme to the show, unlike last year, which was a bit scrambled. Still fun, but a bit scrambled. But yeah, that was the Flash TV retrospective. It was it was it was interesting. I quite enjoyed it, and I've never been the biggest fan of the Flash TV series. If I'm being perfectly honest, Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow were always my go-to Arrowverse shows. Batwoman season one as well. Couldn't get into season two. I'm sorry. Don't come at me, guys. But you know, I'll, I'll get I'll get into all this stuff a bit later on as well. Uh, the Aquaman two panel. Again, not, not a lot of detail shown, not a lot of, you know... But, you know, it, it's clear that Jason Momoa, who plays Arthur Curry Aquaman, is super excited to be on the show, um, to, to, to make the sequel, I should say. Uh, uh, you know, James Wan, the director, Australian James Wan, the creator of the Saw franchise too, and uh, Conjuring as well, uh, directed one of the Fast and Furious movies as well. As, as, as well. Um, they were talking about the sequel, and again, not a lot of plot details, not a lot of... Not a lot of much, really. Just a bunch of footage, which was cool. Um, the entire cast and crew spoke a little bit, except Amber Heard. Now, I'm not going to go into great details about that one because, you know, that's a bit... Um, it's, it's a, you know, the whole thing with Johnny Depp, you know, people, they're both accusing each other of false accusations. It's, it's, it's very messy. It's very ugly. And honestly, I'm surprised they kept her in the film, but I suppose if they did not, there would have been backlash from certain areas, but there's going to be a backlash from the Johnny Depp camp as well. So it's, it's complex. So it's clear that because of the complex nature of the situation, they did not, um, they did not have her, they showed her one scene of her, not, not one scene, like um, one behind the scenes um, footage of her, but she, she didn't, she never spoke on camera. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty obvious that they were trying to not distance, distance themselves, but trying to avoid any unpleasantness, shall we, shall we, shall we say from the fandom. And, um, you know, there's that big court case in April. 
there are lots of rumours that, you know, her role in the film has been uh, downgraded. Uh, she's getting less screen time. So in the effect that um, new details may or may not come to light, she may be removed. Or, you know, if those new details turn into her favour, her screen time will increase. That's the rumour at the minute. Uh, I don't play too much into it, but those are the rumours at the minute. And so there's that. But, you know, at the end of the day, the behind the scenes look looked very cool. Uh, everyone involved looks very excited to see it. And I'm excited to see it too, because at the moment, Aquaman is the highest grossing DCEU film. So it will be very interesting to see where they go with the sequel. Next up was a very cool. Um, it was about, uh, obviously, the creators of Static Shock and um, that comic book imprint signed purely for uh, black comic book writers, black comic book artists and black um, uh, comic book characters, people of color comic book characters and writers and artists, I should say. Um, it was very, very cool, um, very interesting. Uh, there were, everyone was very excited that DC was bringing back the imprint uh, and bringing back, obviously, Static Shock. And, of course, you had announcements of the Static Shock. Uh, I believe it was either a film or a TV series. They teased something along those lines. Uh, but they teased a bunch of other stuff, animated series. So Static Shock fans and fans of that imprint of comic books are going to be... They're going to be very excited, I think. There's going to be a lot of really cool things happening there. And I think it, it should be interesting. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it, personally. Uh where should we go next? Because there is so much to get through here, guys, so bear with me. Uh, ah, here we go. The Suicide Squad video game. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. We had that uh, preview at last year's uh, DC Fandome. Very funny, very entertaining. Uh, this time around, we got the full trailer, and it, it looked very interesting. You can certainly tell the Arkham influences, Batman Arkham games, which makes sense. It's the uh, the the game is was created and developed and produced by Rockstar Studios, who of course you know, you know did all of that with the um, Batman Arkham games, and you you can certainly see the Arkham verse, shall we say, in this video game, and it looked very interesting. I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, uh, Samoa Joe, uh, the WWE star, uh, um, again another pro wrestling crossover. Uh, voicing King Shark was actually very good, very entertaining. Um, probably not... See, we've had three people voice King Shark now, haven't we? We've got uh, Ron Funches, the comedian from the Harley Quinn animated series. More on that show as well later. Uh, we've had Sylvester Stallone in The Suicide Squad, the film that uh, I highly recommend you guys check out. And now we have uh, Samoa Joe in this video game. And they're three very different iterations. And i got to say, I enjoy all three of them. I think they're very funny. They're very, they're very different. I, I quite like it. Um, and I think fans of the character, if you've seen, a, of obviously, the Harley Quinn TV series or the, the Suicide Squad film, I think if you pick up a copy of this video game, you'll be very happy with what they did with King Shark and obviously with all the other characters, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, and Harley Quinn especially. I think fans are really going to dig that from what we've seen there. Um, they cast uh, the uh, person that they've cast, voice cast, and also did a motion capture for Amanda Waller. I tried looking this uh, actor up. I couldn't find her, so please forgive me. Is the same uh, one who played, uh, who was in uh, Star Wars um, Fallen Jedi Cancelled, whatever, whatever that video game was. She played the Jedi Master to the main character in that. So 
forgive me, I'm not a big gamer, <laughs> uh, but uh, fans of that video game will recognize that face and recognize that voice. And she seems to do the character of Amanda Waller very well. I still prefer Viola Davis's interpretation from both Suicide Squad films, but she does a very good job in this. I think I think it, it's going to be very interesting. So I think fans of uh, DC video games, you're going to love uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is the official title. And it's apparently set in the Arkhamverse. So that's very cool. Um, we also have the uh, Batman Gotham Knights video game, which has the whole thing about the Court of Owls. Again, not a lot of detail shown, but the trailer was pretty cool. Um, the gameplay looks fluid, if that's the right word. Again, I'm not a gamer. Forgive me, guys. But it looked interesting. I think that was uh, very... Hmm. What's the right word to say here? It reminded me a little bit of the Gotham TV series uh, that aired a while back, actually, uh, especially particularly the Court of Hours storyline, which is obviously going to be um, the main driving focus of the game, the main plot point. Um, I don't, I didn't like, um, the actor and the actor and the, and the characterization of Oswald Copperpot Penguin in the game that was heavily featured. I don't think I've seen much better iterations, but you know, it, it was only a, a, a two minute trailer. So I, I suppose I shouldn't uh, judge too harshly, but I, I wasn't kept. So that will be my one critique of that, uh, trailer and that game by look of it but you know what no i'm not a big gamer so we'll see, we'll see what happens but now on to a bit of a more meat and potatoes type of thing the peacemaker trailer i said during not during i said after i saw the suicide squad in cinemas which was ironic it was the last film i got to see before australia went back into lockdown again unfortunately but i managed to see it in the cinema I said to myself and I said on uh, all, all our socials, um, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that I thought that the Peacemaker character would be the role that would define John Cena's acting career. And I think judging on this trailer, I'm absolutely correct. Uh, man, it was a really, really cool. It was really cool. It was just cool. Okay, guys, it was just cool. I mean, every aspect of the trailer looked good. It looked hilarious. Um, it looks like they're, try they're going to attempt to humanise the character a bit more than they did in the Suicide Squad because in the Suicide Squad, he was this very unhealthily ide idealistic... Um, ide this, this unhealthy ideology of... Uh, it's inter interpretation of peace at all costs. It was very unhealthy and very unpleasant. Um, it was very... And it was, you know... Maybe one my one critique of the Suicide Squad movie, they've leaned too far into that. But in this TV series, it looks like they're going to humanise them. Uh, there's still a bunch of laughs to be had, a bunch of gory violence, which look cool. And, you know, a Ruby reunion of sorts, the actor playing his father is uh, was the villain in his first film, The Marine, and, of course, also the T-1000 in uh, Terminator 2. So check that out, guys. He plays his father, and it looks like he's a very abusive father. So that would explain his backstory a lot as well. So yeah, that, that is one thing I'm going to um, really going to be looking forward to is the Peacemaker TV series. I hope you guys, you guys should really check that out when it comes out. It, it apparently comes out in January, 2022 on HBO Max in the US. Um, 
of obviously people, all those of us living outside the, the US, all these shows are spread across multiple different streaming platforms. <laughs> you know, I, I have to, I have to sign up for Netflix to get Titans. I have to sign up for a, a local service called binge for doom patrol and the Arrowverse. I have to sign up for uh, Stan for the, uh, <laughs> another local streamer for Batman, the animated series. And I have to stand up for Amazon prime video for uh, Harley Quinn. So <laughs> my streaming bill's a bit high. I'm not going to lie. Be thankful, America, that you get, get it all in one package. So sign up to HBO Max. I don't know why that's not a more popular streamer in the US. But, yes, that's Peacemaker is coming to, obviously, HBO Max in the US in January 2022. Should be fun. Check that out. After that, we got launched into the Superman and Lois panel. We didn't get a lot of new footage and stuff because they're still filming the show. Uh, we still have no idea where season two is going to premiere. Um, that was Superman Lost, probably my favourite new comic book TV show of 2021. Was it 21 or did it debut in 2020 just before the pandemic started? I forget. But it, uh, it debuted when it debuted and it was one of my favourite new shows. I thought the dynamic, the family dynamic, really humanised the Superman character. You know, the, obviously one of the main criticisms of the Superman character that he's too powerful, he's too overpowered, he's hard to identify with, um, you know, he's not very... Uh, it's hard to... Uh, a lot of storylines don't humanise him um, when he's so invulnerable to almost everything. It's difficult for people who write the comic books and write movies and TV shows about him to come up with new challenges. So, you know, having him, uh, giving him a family of, with two sons, one who has powers, one who does not. It was, it was an, it was a very interesting take of uh, the law and I really enjoyed it. I think it took away all the criticisms people have about the character and, I love the cast. I mean, the, 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 the actor that plays Lois Lane is perfectly cast. The kids are perfectly cast. The villain of the piece from season one, Superman's half-brother, beautifully done. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, season two goes. I'm a little disappointed that with um, Supergirl in its last season, didn't do any crossovers uh, with Superman or with Batwoman. Um, that was a bit disappointing, I'm not going to lie, but, you know, but that leads into the next thing, of course, was the Supergirl panel. Supergirl was in its last season. Um, I didn't watch the show a lot. I did watch uh, during the most of the crossovers. I watched a couple of episodes here and there. Um, but it's had a, a heck of a run. Um, the cast and crew seem very sad to see it's over. Um, but it's going to be interesting. But we all know why the show has ended. It's because, you know, we have the big Flash movie coming out and a new Supergirl on a big screen. So the small screen at the end, which is also the reason why people think the Flash TV series is going to end. And so it's sad, but it's it's sadly necessary But for Arrowverse fans. But you know what? Um, the, the deal, the, the exchange here is that uh, there's pretty strong, heavily rumoured that uh, Supergirl, the Arrowverse version of Supergirl, Supergirl, uh, will be in the Flash movie and a cameo. And we already saw that Crisis of Infinite Earths crossover uh, last year with uh, Grant Gustin and Ezra Miller, TV Flash and movie Flash in the same scene. And apparently that scene will be worked into the Flash movie as well. So there's going to be lots of Arrowverse crossovers in the main DCEU. And because a lot of Arrowverse fans complain that they don't get that aspect of DCE doesn't get the respect, even though they did introduce the multiverse 
that DEC that the DCEU films are now exploiting. But you know what? That's neither here nor there. And Arrowverse is going to get lots of love uh, within DCU films and HBO Max series as well. So stay tuned, Arrowverse fans. And there's more Arrowverse content coming as well in the coming years. So Arrowverse is going strong, guys. Uh, there was an, also a thing about uh, DC Comics chief Jim Lee. He came out and did something that will probably be controversial for some people, but as far as, I can, as far as I'm concerned, those people can go stuff themselves because I think this is important to do to reflect the times we live in. Uh, Superman's motto has been changed from truth, justice, and the American way to truth, justice, and a better tomorrow to reflect the more globalist point of view in 21st century life. Uh, you know, COVID has proven that we are all connected. You know, borders should just be go bye-bye. And well, maybe I'll go bye-bye, but you know what I mean? Uh, and it's just, yeah. So I think this reflects a more 21st century attitude and I think it was necessary and I absolutely agree with it. And I think Jim Lee and those involved in the new Superman comic books uh, should be applauded because I think this is an absolutely necessary step. Now, we come to the Flash teaser. Ezra Miller came onto the screen and he said, you know, oh, I'm sorry, guys, we don't have a lot to show you, but he, they packed a lot in that one minute. He had multiple Flashes, multiple Supergirls, and, of course, Michael Keaton's Batman. We saw... We got a voiceover of Michael Caden's Batman in the film. We also got to say Flash, multiple Flashes driving into a somewhat derelict Wayne Manor, which I would assume Michael Caden's Batman is staying. And, you know, we got a shot of Michael Caden Batman in a suit, but from behind. We didn't see much. And, of course, that end tape, and at, the end, at the end there with, with uh, the Flash um, taking a look at, uh, <laughs> taking a look at this, well, there's obviously Michael Caton's Batmobile under this white cover and he's taking it off and he goes, holy, you know what? So that was a nice way to end things. It wasn't a lot of detail in the teaser, but it was a lot more than Israel Miller said there would be. And it got excitement levels rising, I think. I think you know, after the, the teaser dropped, uh, social media lit up. That's going to be a big film in, I believe, October, is it? October and November of 2022. That's going to be a massive film. 2022 may be the year of the DCEU, I'm going to say it, because even though Marvel has a few things coming out, DCEU looks stacked. We've got the Batman, we've got Black Adam, we've got The Flash, and we've got Aquaman. Those are four big movies that have a lot of interest going for them. So that's, it could be the year of the DCEU, I'm not going to lie. I think Marvel may finally not be toppled in the uh, comic book film industry, but I think they're going to be getting a nice swift kick in the rear ends, which is going to be a, a big boom for DC fans who have long suffered. Someone like me who's a DC and Marvel fan, I'm going to enjoy the competition. So certainly, but you know what? Enough Marvel, this is a DC show, so we'll keep this rolling right along. They did a nice little tribute to Smallville, the classic TV series, uh, on its 20th anniversary. And they had Tom Willing, who played Clark Kent, and Michael Rosenbaum, that played Lex Luthor, on the show 
uh, for a panel, discussed a lot, discussed their memories of the show. And it was a nice little thing. Smallville fans, I highly recommend you check it out. I think I think you'll be, I think you'll absolutely, absolutely enjoy it. Now, on to, they did a Batwoman panel. You've noticed on my social media, I've been a bit vocal, perhaps too vocal, of my feelings of uh, Batwoman season two and season three. I'm going to try to cut down because I think it's a bit much. Even I acknowledge that, but um, I think the main problem I have, and I think a lot of other people are having now, is that when Ruby Rose chose to leave the show in season one, and instead of recasting the role of Kate Kane, which is an iconic legacy character with obviously deep ties to the LGBT community, when they decided to not recast that role straight away and bring in a brand new lead, an original character uh, in Josephia's Leslie's Ryan Waller, they wind up dividing the audience. Not intentionally, but they divided the audience and now people, fans of the show, are now choosing between their Batwoman, whether it be uh, Ruby Rose's or uh, Wallace Day's, Kate Kane or Josephia Leslie's Ryan Wilder. When in the first season, everybody was united and everybody uh, declared that Kate Kane was their Batwoman. Now everybody's saying there's no, she's not my Batwoman. This is my Batwoman. So it's that's the problem that they caused with the recast, and I think it's going to cause more problems down the line. And viewership so far in from season two onwards really went down. Like it started strong, uh, comparable levels of season one because people were interested to see how they would resolve the KK storyline. But surely, but uh, not slow, not slowly, but pretty quickly. No, the ratings plummeted. They lost hundreds and thousands of, of viewers going from 700K viewers in the debut to barely breaking over 400K. The debut of season three got 470K thousand viewers, uh, which is way down uh, from the season two premiere and obviously below the season, season two average. And to say that you know all shows go down with 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 seasons which is true but they don't go down that much and i should point out that legends of tomorrow it's uh seventh season debut uh increased its uh season two uh, season uh six debut i should say by about one hundred and eighty thousand viewers so i the the changing time slot has helped legends of tomorrow it hasn't helped that woman and i feared for the future of that show i think it may be cancelled after season three or they may decide to go back to Wallace Day and put her in the suit, which will cause backlash and just blow everything up. So those are my feelings of the Batwoman. You know, come at me if you want. Those are my feelings. I'm sticking by them. But you know what? That's that. Uh, fans of the show, as in its current form, will probably enjoy uh, the trailer with uh, Alice, Beth Kane, being forced to join forces with Batwoman to trace down, to track down, I should say, uh, people uh, affected by the Batwoman, uh, Batman trophies uh, of the various villains. So if you like that stuff, you'll probably enjoying it. Me personally, I, I, I just can't get into it. I've tried, so sue me. But you know what? I digress. Moving on. Uh, we had a thing about the Batgirl uh, HBO Max uh, 
original movie that is coming out apparently in 2023. Uh, we had a panel, we had you know, the writers, directors, the star. It was very interesting. I, I quite enjoyed it. And the thing I enjoyed the most is the fact that Batwoman would have red hair as a ginger myself, as a proud ringer. I'm so happy that is happening. Again, not a lot of details, but you know, just a fun, just a fun little tease of what's to come. Uh, and this one I'm really excited about. It was the Harley Quinn season three trailer. Again, I'm not a lot. This is going to be a running theme, I think. DC fandom didn't show a lot this year. They showed a lot more last year, quite frankly. But you know, everything's a bit of a tease this year. But maybe you now, what? Maybe that's the plan. The Harley Quinn season three. Uh, teaser trailer. It was very funny. Of course, I ends with uh, a, a short animation of Harley Quinn and King Shark, voiced by Callie Cuoco and Ron Funches, doing a full skit about you know uh, how um, the trailer is being uploaded to, uh, uh, to to the servers of HBO Max. But uh, King Shark, of course, ate it, and so they did the whole things about whole gags about uploading and depositing. <laughs> it was quite funny, quite original, and then they went on with the teaser trailer, and it looks very good. Fans who have been obviously shipping Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn to the point where they got together at the end of season two are going to be super happy with season three, I think. Um, they're calling it the Eat, Bang, Kill tour. So you, you're going to really enjoy this thing. Uh, as a massive fan of that show, I'm so looking forward to it. I can't wait for it to... It doesn't come on uh, Amazon Prime probably for months now. Ooh, it's going to be a long time for I, before I get to see it. But people in the US will probably get to see it much sooner than I and... You know, if you're a listener in the US, please don't spoil for me because I'm really looking forward to watching it and I think you will as well. There was something about the new uh, DMZ uh, series, mini-series, a four-episode mini-series starring Rosario Dawson, which looks pretty interesting. It's on a comic book I'm not familiar of, familiar with, I should say, sorry. And it's about um, apparently a second civil war in America. And of course, where the dividing light is, the DMZ, demilitarized zone, a whole bunch of people are living there and it's a bit of a chaotic situation. And it's very post-apocalyptic and it's, it's, it looks quite interesting. Um, all these characters that, 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 they're, that they're teasing and introducing, it, it looks interesting. Fans of the comic book, uh, please send us any information that you have about it because I'm very interested in looking into it. Um, but it, it looks it looks interesting. I think that's going to be an, uh, something new. I personally am going to check out once it debuts in 2022 as well. We had the Shazam two panel, which was very interesting. Um, I knew Helen Mirren was playing one of the villains. I didn't know Lucy Liu was playing another one. That surprised me. I didn't. I had not heard that announcement. And the footage that we had seen and all those lines, it, it looked just it looked quite interesting. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, we didn't get any Sinbad <laughs> because apparently he started in a film called Shazam 20 years ago, <laughs> which of course is not true, but people online swear he has. But I digress. It, look, it looks interesting. It looks fun. It looks quirky. It looks more on the lighthearted side of the DCEU, just like the first film was. And I think people are going to be very curious to see where they go. Very strange it's coming in 2023, though. I mean, uh, five years before, uh, uh, five years between installments for Shazam films, that's that's a bit of a stretch, I have to say. But uh, And that's not a COVID, due to COVID, too. That's a long time. But, you know, I, 
people enjoyed the first film, so I'm sure they'll flock to see the second when it comes out in 2023. Uh, there was also the wonderful Wonder Woman retrospective, uh, which which coincides with its 80th anniversary of the uh, the character's 80th anniversary of its creation. No. Uh, obviously, a lot of women on the women on the panel. Uh, uh, Patty Jenkins, the director of the films, uh, Linda Carter, the original Wonder Woman from the TV series, Gal Gadot, um, and everybody in the involved in DCU paid tribute to the character, what the character means for them, and it was it was interesting and it was it was heartwarming. It was sweet to see what the character means to so many people, and we saw a bunch of cosplayers. It was. Yeah, if you're a Wonder Woman fan, you will find it very satisfying, I think. It's, it was, yeah, very good stuff. Very good stuff, they say. Very good stuff. Jolly good. <laughs> uh, but now, this one I'm very interested in. It's Naomi, the new addition to the Arrowverse. We got a one-minute teaser again. Again, just to whet our appetites. But I, I was really curious about it. It seems kind of going back to the CW's roots of uh, teen-centric storytelling. Uh, this character is in high school. It's based on a comic book that's only two or three years old. So this is a big... Usually comic books are about 10 years old before they get a TV or film adaptation. So this is a big rush. I have not read the comic book, unfortunately. I intend to before the uh, series premieres. But it looks very interesting. My understanding of the plot is... Uh, a small town which uh, has certain properties underneath it due to a meteorite or something gives a bunch of kids superpowers and Naomi is one of those kids and she idolizes superheroes all that kind of stuff there was a the whole thing was uh, her skipping class uh, to um, rush and film some stuff uh, with what Superman was doing a big battle Superman was involved in before you know she passed passed out apparently due possibly due to her powers activating i don't know that was that was the tease but it looks very interesting the team behind it has ava devaney uh writing uh, creating and producing the show it looks it looks very good i have to say i mean people who are looking for more diversity uh and more um more uh, people of color more hash up with this more 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 di- just to call it more diverse storytelling, more diverse perspectives. I, I think I'm really going to enjoy this show and I think it's going to be the CW's next big hit at the minute. Superman and Lois last year was their biggest hit in years. They got almost 2 million viewers for that on its premiere. And I think this will get close to, I think it'll probably get 1.5 million viewers tuning in for its first episode, I think. It looks very interesting, and I think I think teenagers, specific, especially teenage girls, will get straight into it. They will get very excited, and I think it is an important step forward for diverse storytelling in DCEU. Now, let's get to the main event, shall we? The Batman trailer. We've got a panel first. We got a panel first with uh, the director, Matt Reeves, uh, Zoe Kravitz, who's playing Batwoman, and of course Robert Pattinson, who's playing uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman. Very interesting um, panel. Uh, everybody talking about their auditions and talking about uh, what they try to bring to their roles. Matt Reeves uh, seemed very excited about what he was uh, doing because he's currently editing the film, as he has teased on social media. And the trailer itself, holy cow, was it? 
that looked amazing. I mean, Colin Farrell as Penguin looks perfect. Paul Dino, Paul Dini, I should say. Dino, saying he's a member of the Flintstones. Paul Dini as uh, the Riddler. It looks very interesting, very good. Robert Pattinson has this intensity. I can't lie. He has this very, this very James Dean quality to him in as Bruce Wayne Batman that I've never seen before. And it looks, it looks quite compelling. It looks like he's, it's, it's obviously it's based on the Batman year one comic book uh, by Frank Miller. I highly recommend you read that. It's an excellent graphic novel that, that, that really delves into Batman's early start, early beginnings, uh, patrolling uh, Gotham city as Batman. It was, it, it was very, I know I keep saying the word interesting, but it was. It was very interesting. Robert Pattinson, for those who just see him as the guy from Twilight, you know, you should see Coralimus. You should see The Road. You should see some of the films he's made since then. He's The Lighthouse. Holy cow, The Lighthouse is an, it's an intense film. I couldn't watch it all the way through. Um, he has become a very, very good actor. And... I think he's going to bring something that we've never seen in Batman before, which is saying something because everybody who's played the character beforehand from, uh, you know, Adam West to Michael Keaton uh, to, to Val Kilmer to, well, I'm going to say George Clooney. I think we'll leave George Clooney out. Uh, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, they've always brought something different, something new. And he's done the exact same thing. This looks so intense. He looks so full of rage and full of vengeance and, Oh man, it looks so good, and I think people are going to really enjoy it. And which leads me to something I brought up last year when I did my recap of DC Fandom: Is the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, in this Batman movie? There are a couple of clues that makes me think that. He absolutely is in this Batman movie. The look of the trailer had the exact same look of the Joker trailer and, you know, that uh, the classic Warner Brothers logo, uh, the, 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 the faded colouring, you know, the, um, the film format, you know, the grainy film format of the trailer looked very reminiscent of the trailer for Joker and the film Joker. Then we also had the look of Gotham City. That looks so much like the Gotham City and Joker. It looks dirty. It looks grungy. There's garbage everywhere. Crime is rife. You know, people, uh, the less fortunate members of Gotham society are suffering beyond compare. It looks so much like Todd Phillips' Joker film. And I'm just going to say it right here, right now for you guys listening. There is not a single doubt in my mind that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is in this Batman movie. Whether it's a cameo at the end, a shock surprise cameo at the end, I don't know if he plays an integral version of the plot. If he's not even the Joker, if his stuff has inspired a new Joker, this is going to be... I think I'm going to be proven right on this. I 100% believe I'm going to be proven correct on this and I cannot wait for that to happen. Bring on March 2022. I want to see this movie so bad. (laughs) 
Oh, man. But you know what? That's everything that was covered. That was the four-hour event covered in, I think, about 20 minutes on this podcast. So I sincerely hope you've enjoyed it. Um, it was an interesting event. It, again, it was a lot shorter. It was a bit dry in parts, but still very enjoyable. It was, you know, lots of pro wrestling crossover, as I mentioned. Um, it looks it looks bloody interesting. And I keep saying interesting, 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 interesting to the point that you've lost interest, but there's no other way to describe it. It was an interesting event. Um, not huge spoilers, no huge shocks. We pretty much got what we expected, um, but it was still fun and it was still a nice little teaser to whet our appetites for what is coming in the DCEU in 2022 and beyond. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast, guys. Uh, obviously, we've been a bit a bit away for a bit uh, due to budgetary reasons. Uh, this podcast is now going to be a monthly thing, not a fortnightly thing. I apologise, but just sign of the times. Uh, but uh, next month, we'll, we'll be back with uh, uh, hopefully a very special guest that uh, you guys should uh, really enjoy. I'm not going to spoil it because I think it's going to be a big surprise for you guys. But you know what? That's me out. I'm Mitch Adams. Check us out on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Just search spandex underscore pod. On all those platforms, you'll find us there. Too sweet us. Thank you very much for listening.